Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new, original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is News Fighter, where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, g'day everyone. Welcome to News Fighters. It's the third week of our classic summer replay series. Hope you're having a great summer. Hope you're not back at work yet. Hope you're chilling out on a beach somewhere, having a nice cocktail. Uh, if the, the Before I get to this week's episode, uh, just another quick reminder. News Fighters is going monthly this year and the new episodes are going to be on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. We're moving from here. We're Gonskis. So uh, jump on the Irrational Fear podcast feed for uh, new episodes of news fighters. Uh, that's at irrationalfear.com or search for irrational fear on your podcasting app. And I'm also shutting down the news fighters Patreon. And I want, if you want to support this show, please go to patreon.com slash irrational fear. Now, this week's classic summer replay episode is arguably of the biggest news event of the year, uh, at least the one that everyone's been anticipating for uh, quite a long time, and that is the death of the Queen. Now, uh, rest in peace, Her Majesty. She died uh, September 9th, uh, our time. I was actually uh, up. I stayed up. I could sense something was uh, going on when uh, uh, the uh, BBC uh, uh, cut to a shot of a gate uh, outside uh, for about four hours outside of Balmoral. I was like, hmm, something's going on behind that gate. I can feel it. And what do you know? Uh, Her Majesty passed away peacefully. Um, but then the media shenanigans began as we had two weeks of just insane craziness. Uh, so the episode I'm replaying today is from Friday, September 23rd, uh, 2022, uh, almost two weeks later. And it was good because I, I not only covered uh, the death of her queen and all the media, just wall-to-wall blanket coverage, but also of uh, the ascension of uh, His Majesty the King, King Charles, and uh, the funeral procession, which was just... I mean, this is this is the media event of a generation, really. You can tell that the royal family has been uh, prepping for this for years. And as someone who's worked in the media since 2001, really, is when I did my first uh, big stint of work experience in a newsroom uh, at uni, um, I just can say this is something that everyone in the media has been kind of whispering about their entire lives. 
uh, you know, uh, oh, you know, whenever you've got a good episode of a show made, they'll be like, of course, this will be the week the Queen dies. It doesn't go to air. You know, whenever you do anything su- super topical, it's always, it's always the Queen dying has always been, um, you know, the, the event of a generation uh, for people uh, in the media in terms of, you know, clear schedules because it it, it basically cancelled everything for two weeks. Um, so, yes, uh, hope you enjoy this episode. I think this is my actual – I'm replaying this. This is my actual favourite episode of the year. I think it uh, – I think I did a lot of things uh, that uh, no one else did um, in terms of just really looking at a lot of coverage um, and uh, – and uh, I think it's a shame that uh, I didn't get to do this on TV, but I got to do it on News Fighters. So here it is. I hope you enjoy it. Rest in peace, Her Majesty the Queen. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, g'day, fighters. Welcome to News Fighters for Friday, the 23rd of September, 2022. I'm your host, Dylan Bain, the reigning monarch of wacky clips well what a big couple of weeks of uh, news it's been oh boy oh boy of course sadly this has been the biggest story shoppers got more than they bargained for after a seagull found itself a new home in the laundry aisle of a woolworths last night the bird made its way inside the store perching itself fittingly on top of the duck toilet cleaner no seriously though that was actually a big news story on the six o'clock news on channel seven on the 7th of september And then on the 8th of September, we all thought the biggest news story of the day was going to be the government passing their climate legislation, leading to someone on the news saying this. 8th of September 2022 will go down as the day that Australia's federal parliament started taking climate change seriously. Uh, maybe not. I think you'll find the 8th of September might go down in history for a slightly bigger news story, because late that night our time, on the other side of the world... News was breaking. But first tonight, doctors are concerned about the health of Britain's Queen Elizabeth II and has recommended the 96-year-old remain under medical supervision. Some breaking news out of London. A statement has just been released by Buckingham Palace regarding the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. Yes, thank you, Sky News, for that health update on Queen Elizabeth II. I guess that's the sequel to Queen Elizabeth I. Queen Elizabeth II, Queen Harder. Anyways, uh, health issues. Did the Queen even get paid sick days? I hear she's been on a rolling short-term contracts for the last 70 years and she's just a, just about to get made a full-time employee. Isn't that typical? Besides, the Queen couldn't possibly be sick. I mean, just the day before, the media was saying she was fine and in good health. And the Queen has been seen in her first public appearance since July. Her Majesty greeted the UK's new Prime Minister Liz Truss at Balmoral. The Queen was smiling and supported herself with a cane because of mobility issues, but otherwise looking very well. Their encounter was brief, but the 96-year-old monarch appeared in good spirits. Yeah, because you look at these photos and she, you know, smiling. The palace is assuring everyone that the Queen isn't in hospital. It is nothing like that. The 96-year-old is simply continuing to suffer from these mobility issues. I mean, that language, mobility issues and a constant smile. Last person I know who had mobility issues and a constant smile on their face was Bernie from Weekend at Bernie. Bernie's. Welcome to Bernie's place. Hey, Bernie! Ladies! Hello! Where the parties are to die for. So anyways, with the announcement that the Queen was ill, the BBC immediately sprung into six hours of rolling coverage of her gate. And that is the entrance to the Queen's estate in Aberdeenshire, Balmoral Castle. There's the main entrance to the estate. There seem to be a lot of vehicles coming out of Balmoral Estate, but uh, I haven't noticed very many going in. No. 
That is the scene at the entrance to the estate. Um, we are looking here at images of uh, Balmoral Castle. This is the entrance to the estate. So there we are, the gates of Balmoral. As you said earlier, we've seen plenty of cars and vehicles leaving. We haven't seen many going in. We're looking at the main entrance to the estate there. The gates to the Balmoral estate, these main gates at the moment remain closed. Just see another uh, police car going through the gates there of, uh, of Balmoral estate. Yes, yeah, very nice that the BBC to actually care about the welfare of some people who live on a housing estate for once. Anyways, when they got sick of talking about the gate in the shot, the BBC decided they'd uh, spend their time announcing that they have no news to announce and they're awaiting for some news to announce. That is the situation at the moment. We await any further news, but uh, at the moment there is nothing further. We await any further news that Buckingham Palace uh, chooses to share with us. We will wait for a statement, if there is a statement, uh, when it comes. And we must now wait. And as you said, we now must wait along with everybody who is watching us. And then to await a further statement from the palace whenever that comes. We have no guidance on that. Um, well, we just must wait for any further information. And we just await um, whatever further news may emerge. Um, and I stress the word may. Um, but we are waiting too, I think it's fair to say, for further news from the medical team at Buckingham Palace. We are waiting to see if there'll be another statement. We don't know. Um, but uh, there may be a statement. It would be nice to have a statement from the palace saying that the Queen has improved and that she feels better. But uh, we have no idea um, when the next statement will come. Then at 6.30pm London time or 3.30am here, the news broke of the Queen's death. Then at about 16 minutes later, it broke on ABC News 24, where they interrupted a story about an Indigenous death in custody to remind us about another vestige of colonisation. Town-based policing is hands-on all the time, and there have been officers who have come in from major centres, and they take that hands-on stuff to remote communities... This is ABC News. We're interrupting our programs to inform you Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has died. Yes, even though it was the middle of the night, the ABC's well-rehearsed, finely-tuned operation, which took years of planning, kicked into action with a live cross to London. We'll go live to Buckingham Palace and the ABC's Steve Canane. Steve, what is the feeling like there today? Royal family. Okay, we'll have to leave Steve Canane there, I'm afraid. For now, we'll join live coverage from our broadcast partner, the BBC. Yes, I know we were supposed to have a minute's silence for the Queen's death, but not like during the announcement of the Queen's death, which is what happened right there. Anyways, clearly the news had been anticipated because ABC News Breakfast Michael Rowland and Lisa Miller started their show two hours early at 4am. Good morning, and it's a solemn morning too. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has died. Her Majesty died at Balmoral Castle in Scotland with her four children and Prince William by her side. I think it's time to take a moment to pause and reflect on the enormous contribution this woman has made to 
world history over the 70 years she was on the throne. She has been this uh, symbol of stability, this symbol of, of calm. Yes, a symbol of calm, unlike Michael Rowland, who, let's be honest, was just too goddamn perky considering it was 4am and our head of state had just died. I expected him to say, yes, the Queen has just died, and coming up in the studio, human nature to talk about their new tour. Over on CNN, they seemed uh, equally as unprepared as the Australian media. This is CNN Breaking News. I want to go straight to London. I want to bring in CNN Royal Correspondent uh, Max Foster outside Buckingham Palace. Max, what are you learning? Uh, the Queen has died, um, very sadly. Um, she died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. Uh, the King and Queen Consort were referenced there to Charles. He automatically becomes King, will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. I'm um, just going to look at another email I just received. If there's any extra there. Uh, no. Yes, great time to read all the emails. Oh, wait, here's another email from a Nigerian prince. Oh, seems he's died too and wants to give me a bunch of money. Should I, should I open that and read it on the TV? Meanwhile, on the UK's ITV, their news anchors just couldn't get their heads around the fact that the gender of the monarch had suddenly changed. Just interrupt you, because we just had a statement from uh, His Majesty the Queen. Um, do you, I should read it to you. Um, it's literally just been issued by Buckingham Palace. It's on, from His Majesty the King. A statement from His Majesty the Queen. Uh, sorry, a statement from... His Majesty the King. You can see that even yeah, those of us who have, uh, who have uh, followed this for a long time can still make those mistakes. His Majesty the Queen. The uh, King. His Majesty the King. Surely there should be a grace period on this. Isn't there like three months where we can just call Charles whatever gender we want? And just Or even just call him Elizabeth still. Just uh, three months. Come on. It's going to take a bit of getting used to. And meanwhile, over on Sunrise, Mel and Koshy decided to uh, add some drama to their announcement of the Queen's death with some epic movie trailer soundtrack music. Hello, Australia. You are waking up to the sad news that the Queen has died. It's the day we knew was inevitable, but had hoped would never come. Then at 6.30am our time, our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, finally addressed the nation. Like a robot. Good morning. With the passing of Queen Elizabeth II... An historic reign and a long life devoted to duty, family, faith and service has come to an end. This is a morning of sadness for the world, for the Commonwealth and all Australians. Well, I haven't seen a tribute that wooden since Pinocchio. Oh, no, wait, actually, Pinocchio at least got tears in his eyes. And so with the news of the death of Queen Elizabeth still fresh, the media decided to jump into action and do what they do best. Traumatise people on the street by telling them the Queen is dead. My Queen has passed away. <gasps> oh no, I haven't. Oh my God. I'm so sorry to tell you that she passed away. Oh God, oh that's awful. Oh that's really sad. She's a great lady and I'm really upset. That's, that's really awful. Well, no! We've got to be joking. Sorry to tell you but she hasn't passed away. Yes, good job, media. While you're at it, why don't you tell them their pets have died and their parents never loved them? Yeah, if it was me, I wouldn't have believed the reporters anyway. I've seen too many episodes of Billy on the Street. Sir, did you hear that Madonna died? No, I didn't. Yes. Any thoughts? Uh, is this for real? I swear. Sir, did you hear that Madonna died? Yeah, I did. Okay, thank you. Anyways, with uh, no new news or announcements from the palace, the TV media decided to just go out and interview everybody on the street they could, leading to these slightly jarring interactions of people who didn't quite know how to react properly. We freaked out when we found out that the Queen died, yeah, honestly. We literally yeah. stopped on the corner and, like, screamed about it for five minutes. Yeah, it was crazy. Really excited, not excited, but... 
really um, sad. She lived a pretty awesome life, didn't she? And then she life. went through a fair few things in life. I wonder how many corgis she said. And as it rolled into the late evening at Buckingham Palace, the BBC sent down an interviewer to chat to mourners live on TV. What could possibly go wrong? This is Mark. Mark, you're originally from South Africa, but you're an Australian national citizen. And you're here now. Why? Um, just on holiday, actually. <laughs> but in terms of here at Buckingham Palace, oh, right, why yeah, did you want to be oh. here? What I actually, I came home after a work event and I turned on the TV and I saw you. <laughs> and I thought, hold on a minute, something's happening here. So I came down to see this, be part of it. I'm sure I'm not the reason why not you came here. I mean, this, this event. This event yeah. And, uh, and realising that people were here and... And you wanted to be here as well. Yeah, I did, yeah. Five-minute walk. Yes, nothing like paying your respects because you've been at the pub all night and it's a five-minute walk away. Now, that's devotion. Meanwhile, back in Australia as the news broke, almost every living ex-Prime Minister saw the death of Her Majesty as the perfect excuse to get their face on TV one more time, including former leader of the Republican movement and ex-PM Malcolm Turnbull. What an amazing life. What amazing leadership. And it is the end of an era. Yes, Turnbull there, of course, was actually choking up over the fact he never got to fire Her Majesty 20 years ago. Former Prime Minister Scott Morrison paid tribute to the Queen by talking about what a smart horse Winx was. And as I understand it, Mm. you presented her with a book about Winx. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It was the tip I got from John Howard. Now, I'm not particularly a big horse racing person, um, but she is, and she loves it. And so John gave me that tip, and I, I had a, an autographed, not by weeks, of course, I had a book by uh, biography which had been signed by the author, and uh, so I presented it to Her Majesty, and, and she quickly pulled it out and was flicking over the pages and the pictures. She, she adored Winx, and we joked that, uh, um, you know, while it was a, a biography, that Winx was probably the only horse that could have written an autobiography if that was possible, because how great she was. Yes, I'm with Scott Morrison. What an absolute tragedy that Winx the horse never fulfilled her ambition of becoming one of Australia's top authors. We all, we all knew she could do it. John Howard's tribute to the Queen, of course, just wound up with him talking about cricket. But I did share some happy moments with her uh, on the uh, the morning uh, of the second test at Lords uh, uh, a couple of Ashes series ago, and I'm very happy to report that during the time that was there, uh, two English wickets fell, and I was disappointed when she left. But um, You know, more and more I get the feeling that John Howard only became Prime Minister so he could become friends with Don Bradman. The whole starting wars and making housing unaffordable, that was just a bonus. Tony Abbott, meanwhile, of course, was inspiring as always. When I say I was in the presence of someone, uh, she was someone who had a remarkable presence. Um, In a sense, uh, nothing could be more certain uh, than that we had a queen and we will now have a king. Wow, that's almost as touching as the tribute posted to Twitter by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Well, it has been one hell of a Thursday so far. Um, (laughs) Certainly for my family, from the moment we woke up this morning, it's just been one of those days. Uh, But I'm just swooping in really quickly to to stop in and, and send... Uh, send my love and my condolences, my light, strength, and mana to the royal family. 
I've never had the privilege or honor of meeting the queen, but what a life. Well, it might not have been very moving, but it certainly felt more honest and real than Anthony Albanese's tribute, that's for sure. So now, with the queen dead and the news out all over the world, the monarchy's long-planned Operation Prop Up the Monarchy swung into action. Step one. Wheel out the grandkids. We've just witnessed another landmark moment late this afternoon. Take a look at this. Prince William, Catherine, Prince Harry and Meghan together greeting crowds outside Mm. Windsor Castle, talking to each other. That has come as a surprise to everyone. Two brothers who've barely spoken in two years side by side again. Yes, the media, of course, completely shocked that two brothers would meet up when their grandmother dies. I mean, what are the odds of that happening? Yes, it was one, two princes standing before you saying, let me keep my job now. One has Spotify in his pocket. The other will sell the Saudis rockets. Just go ahead now. Then, of course, the next order of business was the king ascending to the throne. And boy, oh boy, what an ascension it was. Best ascension I've ever seen, hands down. And it was carried live on ABC TV on a Friday night in primetime instead of Gardening Australia, where, surprisingly, it actually got lower ratings. I guess people are more interested in watching Costa Rejuvenate, a tired old outdated compost heap, than they are in watching a tired old outdated compost heap ascend to the throne. For the first time in 70 years, a new monarch has been proclaimed in Britain and ancient tradition normally held in private but on this occasion broadcast to the world do faithfully promise and swear a thousand year old ceremony seen by the public for the very first time cameras allowed in to witness the prince of wales officially becoming a king and boy oh boy aren't we glad television cameras were allowed in to witness the ascension and the privy council for the first time wow what riveting television this was draft of an order in council authorising the Lord Chancellor to make use of the Great Seal for sealing all things whatsoever that pass the Great Seal until another Great Seal be prepared and authorised. Approved. Draft of an order in Council authorising the Lord Privy Seal, if need be, to make use of the existing Privy Seal until another Privy Seal is prepared and authorised. Approved. Drafts of three orders. Oh, stop there. It goes on and on and on. Come on, England. You gave the world a Simon Cowell who gave us overproduced reality competition shows all around the globe. Uh, Next ascension, get Simon Cowell in there to zhuzh this thing up a bit or, or at least get him on to be a snarky judge. We really like you, but that was terrible. It's the way you look that's putting us off. I think there's a hint of desperation about you. Also during the whole Ascension ceremony, the uh, ABC got a royal expert on who didn't really seem to know what was going on. It turns to Westminster a bit now, does it? And, and the, the politicians have to pledge their oath. Yes, I think so. Does that have any significance, Juliet Reader? Mm, I'm, I'm not in... Entirely sure. I'm sure it does. Everything has a significance in these ceremonies. Yes, of course, because King Charles is our head of state now. uh, And it's very important that uh, we um, endorse him. Um, Then from London, King Charles travelled around Great Britain to be proclaimed in Wales, Scotland 
and Northern Ireland, leading to this great vox pop from Belfast. Oh, he's just a gentleman, like his mother, especially his mother, you know, the Queen herself. She was a lovely woman, and I think he'll be a good king. Uh, yeah, whatever he said. Anyways, the only insight we actually had into King Charles during his first few days is the fact that he seems to get very angry at stationery. Signing a visitor's book, where it seemed the grief and stress of the past week may have caught up with him. Oh, God, I hate this. Frustrated by a leaking fountain pen. It's the second time in days he's been visibly annoyed, previously telling an aide to get rid of a pen holder cluttering his desk. Oh, great. We've gone from having, like, the world's most elegant grandma as our head of state to now having, like, an angry uncle. Nobody give this guy a smart speaker or an, or an iPad for Christmas. He, he'll never settle down. Oh, yes, and in case you weren't paying attention, he's also King of Australia. Six decades after he was proclaimed a prince, Charles is now officially King of the United Kingdom and Australia. Do now proclaim Prince Charles Philip Arthur George to be King Charles III. By grace of God, King of Australia... Charles is the king of Australia? Wait a second, I didn't vote for this. And I mean it, I really didn't vote for this. I voted for us to become a republic at the 99 referendum. Anyways, the Queen's coffin was moved to London, where she was due to lie in state for four days of public viewing, which of course gave birth to the most British thing imaginable, the queue. We know the Brits are great queuers, but this is one huge queue. The line stretches back as far as the eye can see, and it's such a British sight in a way, given our nation's fondness for queuing. And it's a great feeling of, of British queuing mentality. And it is really hard to give you an idea of the sheer scale of this queue. Now, this is the queue before you get into the official queue. How do you change a nappy in that line? No, 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 no. How do you change your own? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, thanks, Carl. At least we now know how you uh, cut through your uh, marathon coverage of the funeral this week. Anyways, with hundreds of thousands of people queuing up for kilometres in central London to see the Queen's Coffin, it was inevitable that even celebrities would be spotted, like uh, British soccer star David Beckham, who, who got a new nickname out of this. Soccer superstar David Beckham. He came here to Southwick Park, he got a wristband like everybody else, and queued up for 12 hours before he finally made it into Westminster Hall. People around him were calling him Donut Dave because of the donuts he was handing out to everybody. Yes, move over whoever had the nickname Donut Dave before, a new Donut Dave has ascended to the throne. And from today forth, David Beckham will forever be known as Donut Dave. And so with the queue lasting for four whole days and no other big celebrities deciding to die during this time, well, the media was stuck doing the only thing it knows how to do. Vox popping people in the queue with stupid, obvious questions. What's your night been like last night? Horrific. <laughs> What's yours been like? <laughs> nice and warm, I expect. Top of the bed. I had a warm no, it's bed. very, very wet, very damp. Everything is soaked. Can I ask you why you come down tonight? See the Queen. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> any, any specific reason? Uh, you've really put me in the spot. Um, just to pay my respects to the Queen. Yeah, so many people saying the same thing. They just felt compelled to come down. Sarah and Mark, who were, if not the last people, very much Some, the last people yeah, we were in the queue last night. What, what was that like? 
amazing. It's the I think it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. Even having my my children, Lily and Luca, <laughs> I think this tops that. It was just amazing. I'm so pleased we did it. Yes, only British people would say that standing in a queue was the absolute highlight of their entire lives. I feel sorry for their kids. Their kids, when they get married to try and impress their parents, better have a bloody big, great big queue at the wedding. Anyways, when the media ran out of adults to interview in the queue, they were like, hey, there's kids here. Let's talk to them. Maybe they'll have some great insights that make great television. Tell me about the king, King Charles. Do you like him? Yeah. What do you like about him? Is he cool? Probably. Who is your favourite of the royal family members? Well, I'm not sure. I like them all, but when I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor. Can you say good day, mate? Good day, mate. Oh, good day, you're... Are you an Australian? No. Yes, in fact, Channel 7's obsession with annoying the hell out of people didn't stop there. Uh, Amelia Brace ran into the Archbishop of Canterbury trying to console people in the queue and she basically accosted him. Archbishop, why have you decided to come down here this afternoon? we're making our way to Westminster Hall, as you can see, slightly slowly, but that's what we're doing. And it was important for you to thank these people on the way? Of course it is, because they're doing the most amazing thing by being here and it's just... It's just so beautiful to see it, and thank you. No, thank you. Yes, and from the queue, the Australian media's attention turned to Her Majesty's funeral. And here's Channel 9's attempt at a sombre, restrained Queen's funeral promo. In a special global event, Tracy Grimshaw, Peter Overton, Alison Langdon, Carl Stefanovic, Australian television's most experienced reporting team. Yes, experienced, but not so experienced that they could identify the British Prime Minister. Who's this? No, hard to identify. Maybe uh, minor royals, members of the... I can't identify them we at this point. We can't spot everyone, no. unfortunately. They look like they could well be local dignitaries. It's hard to see. We're looking at the backs of their heads mostly. But I think we are now getting to the pointy end, as they say, of the... Was. I'm just told that was Liz Trust, the new Prime Minister. Yes, and it didn't stop there. Channel 9's experienced crack journalism team also offered great insights like this. You know, you go to a loved one's funeral and mm. don't you always wish that you'd said that, you know, that they were there? Yeah. yeah. Don't you think people should have their funerals before they die yeah. so they can hear how everyone <laughs> loves them? And just um, so you're aware, at, um, at 9.30 tonight, I'm having my funeral at the Walkabout Hotel in London. <laughs> I'd love you to be there, okay. make a few speeches. We'll say nice things. I, I hopefully. <laughs> That's a are, we, are you on board with that? Nice <laughs> <laughs> Only ever nice things. never going to happen with you. <laughs> and Channel 9 also couldn't help but use the solemn occasion of Her Majesty's funeral service to talk about the most important thing on everyone's mind. Tubers. You were either going to talk about the car or you were going to talk about the tuba because let's share with the folks at home that Pete plays the tuba and he was saying that the tuba player would be exhausted doing all of that blowing and marching at the same time and I, I think it's been really important and helpful to me to have his expert commentary. <laughs> Mind you, the ABC's uh, endless ad-libbing also offered us this unique insight. I've just been noticing there actually behind us in the gardens security going through the 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 flowers separating them. You certainly get that sense tonight, Michael. And earlier today, about eight hours ago, they were still pruning the flowers. That's amazing. They were they were pruning flowers. Hold hello, hold the front page of the newspaper. They were pruning flowers at Buckingham Palace. Yes, the front page. Yes, pruning. Hey, Australian news media, I don't care how big your story is, maybe round-the-clock coverage for 10 days when someone dies doesn't matter who it is who dies, might be a little bit overboard, don't you think? Maybe maybe you can scale it back a little bit next time. 
maybe maybe like twelve hours a day, maybe, maybe even ten hours a day should be the limit. I think that's I think that's that's the level where Australia's like we're good, we're good. Bring back gardening, Australia. Anyways, onto the funeral service itself, and well, if all the bling didn't make the royal family seem a little bit out of touch, the Bishop of London said this: and we pray for the continued health and prosperity of this nation. I'm sorry, what? Have you read the papers? Prosperity for whom? Have you seen the food banks in the UK? Their queue's almost as long as the queue for the queue. And then there was the never-ending funeral procession through the streets of London, a military parade of thousands of soldiers to honour inherited, God-given hierarchical power featuring ye olde medieval costumes and lots of silly hats. And I'm sorry, but why does Australia want to keep the monarchy again? No Australian would look at this and be like, oh, that's so bloody Australian. Look at, look at the bloody yeoman. How Aussie can you get? Then there was the creepiest thing I heard the whole time, the explanation of what the golden orb on her coffin stood for. A golden orb surmounted by a cross to symbolise Christianity over the world. Yes, a nice reminder that the British royal family were Christian colonisers who set out to conquer the world. Again, can someone tell me how this represents and reflects our modern society? Because I'd really like to know. And then as the Queen's coffin motorcade got closer to her final resting place at Windsor, well, Channel 9 let slip what was actually going to happen in there. Inside the walls of Windsor Castle where they're now getting into position for the sex. I knew it. Those kinky royals are always up to something kinky. Anyways, back here in Australia, we decided to honour the Queen by doing something the royals have been doing for decades. Getting paid to do nothing. Chris, a public holiday has been announced to mourn the Queen's death here in Australia. And a reminder for drivers to think about their behaviour with double demerits now in force across the state ahead of tomorrow's public holiday. Yes, double demerits because the royal family definitely hates reckless driving, except when it involves Princess Diana. So now with the funeral over, I know what you're thinking. What kind of a king will Charles III be? Will he be as good at opening public buildings as his mother was? Well, the Australian media immediately rushed to interview anyone who's had any interactions with him here in Australia. And, well, the morning show found the single worst interview subject I've ever seen. They tracked down this polo horse trainer who once met Charles 30 years ago. And you can tell they didn't pre-interview him and they just shoved him live on TV because he literally spent the entire three and a half minute segment answering a single question with a rambling, nonsensical answer. And it was TV led. Horse trainer Brenton Matthews joins us now. Uh, morning to you, Brenton. Uh, can you give us a bit of a sense of your impression of the Good king? Good morning. What was I missed that bit then? I was just asking uh, if you can remember back to your impressions of the king. Well, yeah, it was uh, a real relaxing day for me. Obviously, I didn't know what the performance would be. Um, the the build up to it when he was uh, going to play uh, Major Ferguson, who was Fergie's father, was his horse manager and he came out two days before and uh, when the performance, when the, uh, all the formalities were over, uh, I just gave uh, King Charles a rundown on the horses each time and then uh, comically he just said, um, you sound like an Irish horse dealer. <laughs> And then at one stage, the piece from the, it was a, it, it was a very very hot day. Oh, that's great! And then when that mare that I wanted to get the, 
and uh, and then when the, all the procedures were over, I just grabbed a couple of long necks of beer and went out and sat in the shade on the lawn. And then he came out and he was looking for me and one of the locals just always oh, sitting over there. But anyway, uh, I think these miners were ringing the watch out and pointing. What an amazing yarn you tell. That is great. I can see why he was so interested in you, Brent. And thank you for sharing it with us this morning. We really appreciate it. That's quite OK. Well, I think it's safe to say that uh, Queen Elizabeth's coronation in 1953 coincided with the birth of the television age and her death definitely coincided with the death of it. Well, anyways, on to King Charles himself. And I think there's one thing that the Australian people might respect about him, and that's the fact that he's never tried to hide his contempt for Scott Morrison. Scott Morrison, the Australian PM, isn't even certain that he could make it to the meeting in Glasgow? I, is that what he says? is he? He did say, yeah. Mm. An audience with Prince Charles, who quickly became the audience for a climate sales job. Now we've committed to net zero by 2050. Australia's done that here in top 26, doubled our climate finance commitments, and we're working very close with our Pacific family, with uh, Prime Minister Badimarama and the whole team, So, which I know you have a great connection to this Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to do it. And it sounds like he's going to try and be a bit more frugal as king. He's also said he just wants fewer royals on the payroll. He wants fewer fewer palaces in use and his own coronation is likely to be smaller and cheaper when we see it. And a scaled down coronation may help scrutiny over the price of all this pageantry as the UK's cost of living soars. Yes, yeah, so he's hoping for 50% less silly hats at his coronation. And in terms of the general feeling of the people on the street towards Charles, well, I think there's a bit of goodwill. It sounds like people are going to give him a chance. I think Charles will do all right. He's been training for 50 years. <laughs> he should. Yeah, he's been groomed for a long time, so I, I think he'll do an excellent job. Yes, because we all know if there's one thing the royal family is really good at, it's grooming. So anyways, at the end of one of the biggest events in 70 years, it appears as though... Everything went exactly as planned for the royal family. And with the death of Queen Elizabeth still fresh in many Australian hearts and minds, there's been a drop in public support for us to become a republic. According to a new survey, 46% of Australians are in favour, down from 54% in January this year. Yes, they might not have been able to revive the Queen, but they've definitely managed to revive the monarchy in Australia. Get used to saying God save the King because after this fortnight I feel like we're going to be saying it all the way through the reigns of King Charles, King William and King George. And in terms of our dearly departed Head of State, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, well, I think we can all agree with this kid's sentiments. Now hopefully uh, she has gone to heaven and she will, uh, she will uh, hopefully have a happy time. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Alrighty, that's News Fighters for today. Big thank you to Her Majesty the Queen uh, for all the great content we got from her passing away. Thanks a lot. And thanks to King Charles for being a buffoon and giving us lots of great content as well. I look forward uh, to much more uh, content from him. In fact, uh, coming up this year, we've got uh, his um, proclamation or whatever it is where he puts the crown on. It's going to be great. Stick around uh, for that over at the Irrational Fear podcast feed, which is where uh, new episodes will be going up. Uh, jump on them at irrationalfear.com. And if you want to support the show, jump on the Irrational Fear Patreon at patreon.com slash irrationalfear. Uh, but I'll still be uploading segments on YouTube throughout the year at youtube.com slash newsfighters. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at newsfighterspod. And sign up for our free monthly newsletter at newsfighters.com. I'm Dylan Bain. I write, produce, and edit the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Dialabolical or email me at Dylan at newsfighters.com. Next week is our last uh, classic replay episode, and I'm going all the way back to early 2020, and it's uh, it's about hip-hop music. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. One of my favorite episodes uh, I've ever made, actually. I haven't had a chance to replay it uh, in the three years since I made it. So uh, I figured uh, last week uh, on this podcast feed i'm gonna replay this episode stick around it's a lot of fun uh keep fighting and bye for now this is news fighters where we fight the news so you don't have to five minute walk hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.